0: Good evening. Today is Wednesday, September 22nd, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter slash step is step three, chapter how it works, and our speaker tonight is Victoria W. Thank you, Victoria.
1: Hi, thank you so much, everybody. I'm Victoria. Um, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater and insulin manipulator. I want to get into the chapter, but I did want to show some of my pictures for people who may not have heard um, me speak before. Uh, my my story is maybe not one that is heard often, but um, it's a diff- it's just a way. It's a different way that this disease can rear its ugly head, and so I I announce it because. I want somebody to know if you've done this crazy stuff, um, probably somebody else has too, and you're not alone. So this was me in high school. I weighed probably 95 pounds in this picture. Um, And then a few short years later, I had gained um, almost 70 pounds. Um, And honestly, like I put these pictures side by side because I don't even remember that happening. It seemed like it was, it was slow, but I went from high school just being, like afraid to eat anything and counting every calorie and I had even done I was so good at math. I was like, okay, if I just don't eat more than x, you know, I'll lose a pound every week and then eventually I'll be like and I was probably like 14 or 15 at that time and really didn't need to be losing weight. Um and then in college I became dining hall girl. Um so would swipe in in the morning, all you could eat until Um, it was time to go back to my dorm at night. And I would do all my homework there. I would do all my socializing there. I would just see, Hey, this is my office who walks in and I'll talk with them and and get another plate of food. Um, I got out of those eating habits somehow by some miracle. I thought I just was cured, but it's really, it just shifted. So I was diagnosed with diabetes five years ago and Um, I was really good about following the meal plan, like low carb, low carb. I get it. It's, it's not good for me to have sugar. Okay. Got it. Um, I was so scared at first fear really affected me until it didn't. Um, and then like, I went one day from being like, no, I can't eat carrots because they have too much sugar and I'll be sick to, you know, just binging my brains out, eating sugar-free jam from a container. Guess what? When you eat, two jars of sugar-free jam, your body doesn't really recognize it as sugar-free. So um, this night here that I'm showing seven months before program, I went to a friend's potluck. I ended up in the ER that night, paid $1,000 to get IV fluids um, because by the time they could see me, um, they were like, yeah, there's nothing really to do except drink water and wait. Um, We can make you pee it out and we can observe while that happens. (laughs) Um, And I felt like an idiot because I worked at that hospital and those people knew my partner who worked at that (laughs) hospital. Um, a month before program, I was using insulin. I had talked to my doctor and I said, look, something's going on. I'm, I, am i am doing what you tell me to do. And it's just not working. You know, I'm at 300, 400 for those people who don't know, it's really a goal to stay around hundred for, you know, quote unquote, normal people. And I was getting, you know, I was getting like, okay, here I binge until I hit 300. And then I'm like, well, I've really done it now. So I'll go up even more. And then I would overdose my insulin trying to eat more as I would crash back down to the bottom. Um, All the while being a healthcare provider, this is extremely dangerous. I knew it was dangerous. Knowledge didn't help me either. So I've got knowledge and fear not helping me, Um, but there is good news. So there's a solution. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. The solution for me is in this program. And what you're seeing here are just after my abstinence, it's a different way of looking at it, but a lot of my blood sugars being way closer to the target range. And even I love this little green bar showing me how (laughs) my face, my mood felt like that too, of just like, Oh, finally, there's, there's a way to actually live with this condition, which I thought the condition that was affecting me was diabetes, but it's really compulsive eating. Um, and these are my, you know, some more of my quote unquote normal numbers. Um, and then this is just me today. So honestly, my body hasn't changed a ton since that time. I'm I'm two months, God willing, in two months I'll be uh, celebrating two years without harming myself with food. But what I really just want to show you here is how happy I am. I'm free. I am free in these photos, and life still sucked at times. Life still was not perfect. Um, there was I was still around food that wasn't abstinent for me, but. I had a sense of peace that I had never had before, um, even through some of the hardest times of my life. So, I just share that for you to know that this program does work, um, and you know, people say it works if you work it, but it also it works for the people who do it. Um, and I shared that last night in a meeting as well. So, I'm going to jump into the chapter now and talk a little bit about how it works. So, I was I was talking about this with my friend. And I was thinking about how, and I'm sorry, I just have really strange metaphors. So just disclaimer, very strange metaphors. We're going, we're going with it. Um, You know, take what you take what you like and leave the rest. But if I'm staying at an Airbnb, right. And I'm like, how do I use the TV? Am I asking, am I asking when I say, how does the TV work? Am I asking Dear Airbnb host, can you explain to me the phenomenon of television and how the pixels come through and create a picture for me? No, I'm asking what button do I press on this remote so that I get to watch TV, right? Like, that's what I'm asking. So that's how I read how it works. Because for me, I'm a science-minded brain and I, I want to understand everything. Um, before program, I want I couldn't understand why I had diabetes. I needed to know why before I could actually accept it. And guess what? It didn't matter. I never found out why it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Um, the truth is that I have it. And for me, the reason I make the comparison is because it's the same with this disease, right? I want, I just have compulsive eating. I just am five foot two. I just do have Brown hair. It's just how it is. Um, and it's the same thing about this program this chapter is not why does this work the how it works is not why does this program work it's saying how it works is, in these are the buttons you press this is the program of action these are the steps that you take to get the results um so I was talking about that with a friend and i was like holy crap i gotta gotta say that because it just really struck me um i also want to say some of you heard me share on we agnostics in this meeting um earlier in the year so Um, not trying to plug my own recording, but it is recorded. So I don't want to spend too much time going over my journey to finding a higher power. I do use the word God now, um, because it's shorter for me. (laughs) That's the main reason. Um, I did not before I was okay with saying a power greater than myself, because even that took a lot of reverence for me to admit that there was, that I was not the greatest thing (laughs) in the world, that there was something greater than myself. Um, But really, when I talk about my higher power now, I I view it as a spirit of nature. Um, And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more as we go through the chapter. But I just I just wanted to make that distinction for those of you following along. So it goes into the steps. And then after the A, B and C of how it works, which I know a lot of us here in our other meetings, um, basically, it's saying, are you good with step one? Are you good with step two? Um, And I'll come back to that in a little bit. my second lovely metaphor but then we get to okay so if you're convinced of a b and c then we're at step three and that says that we decided to turn i'm going to paraphrase with the with my um words of choice we decided to turn our will and our life over to our higher power as we understood them okay great sounds great right but what does that mean I hear a lot of people say, it's not hard to make a decision. You should just make a decision, but I don't make decisions that way. So for me, especially in disease, it was tough to make a decision, especially without saying like, okay, well, what does that mean? I don't, I don't know what, what is that? What am I getting myself into here? I felt like that was really embedded in step three for me, but they tell me, okay, the first requirement is that we be convinced any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. Most people try to live by self-propulsion, self-propulsion, each person's like an actor who wants to run the whole show. So what I have to do, this is telling me, you know, even yes, we're at step three, but again, I have to admit that I'm powerless. That's what it's telling me I have to do. I have to admit that I'm powerless, that I'm not in control of everything. That is a foreign idea to me. I grew up in an environment that was very like, get your education with education. You can do anything. You can do anything as long as you put your mind to it. It was very like blues clues supportive. Like just, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do, if you just try hard enough, it can happen. Um, And that's a, that's a beautiful thing for motivation, but it's just not reality. There were lots of things I tried and tried and tried, especially with the food that it just only seemed to get worse, Um, but it instilled in me, that type of messaging instilled in me this idea that, oh, if something's not working, I need to try harder. That's what that must mean. I must not be trying hard enough, Um, and the beauty of this program, particularly step three, is that I get to say, yeah, I'm going to give up. I was told, whatever you do, just don't give up, but yeah, I'm going to give up, not in a, not in a, things are hopeless and I'm going to end it all type of giving up, but just, I'm going to give up. I can't do this. I can't. And I would say that to myself all the time, Victoria, you got to stop doing this. You can't keep doing this. You can't keep doing this. And then one day, it wasn't as soon as I came into program, but a few months later, I just had this moment in my heart where I really knew I was done. Um, I saw things getting worse and I just knew, yeah, I'm trying to do it on my own and it's they're right. What they're telling me they're, they're right. It's really not working. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the actor and the roles. Um, I just love it so much. It's so me. (laughs) It's so me. It might even be so all of us, but it's so me. Um, I, I would be assigned the role of sister or daughter or student. And that was never good enough for me. I didn't realize I was doing this, but I was like, great. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be daughter on a pedestal that I'm going to rewrite my role and say, I'll be daughter on a pedestal. Thank you so much for the direction, but I'll take it from here. I'm using a method. You know, I've, I've I've put thought into this and I think this would make a better show. Or even if I'm like extra person standing in line at Starbucks and there's a disagreement between the person, like the barista and the customer, it's like, well, I should get involved. I should be the voice of reason here. And it's like, nobody asked me to do that. Um, And what it tells me is what usually happens, this is the first full paragraph on 61. What usually happens, the show doesn't come off very well. Um, They begin to think life doesn't treat them right. They decide to exert themselves more, right? That's exactly me. Oh, it's not working. I must try harder. Um, Then I become either more demanding or more gracious, but that graciousness is usually being manipulative but still the result does not suit me. And what I really am, it tells me, it says, Victoria, again, paraphrasing, it doesn't say that, but it says, Victoria, are you not a victim of the delusion that you can get satisfaction and happiness out of the world if you just have it under control? But I don't have it under control. Um, and then they say, this actor, meaning me, they, this actor is like I just love this, the retired businessman who lolls in the Florida sunshine. I used to think this was so ridiculous, but it reminded me of something my mom and I used to say, you know, we'd say, we'd drive up North and we'd go, we're from North Carolina. We'd say, why don't we have toll roads in North Carolina? We'd make a ton. You'd make a lot of money. You'd have things you could support the state socially and you could do all. And my mom and I would just complain about something that we thought should existed. And we'd go, you know what? if we ran the world, it would just be too easy for everybody. And this was a joke we used to say all the time, but I didn't realize how real, like how seriously embedded that was in my brain. I really sometimes thought, well, I guess, you know, I would just say, well, if I was in control, I thought that was surrendering. If I was in control, just be too easy. Far from the truth, far from the truth. (laughs) Um, But that's what they, that's what that reminds me of when they're talking about this Florida businessman or the person who's like, you know, if the rest of the world just does everything right, if they just participate in my Lego land that I've orchestrated, then I can be happy. So I just need to make sure everybody is reading their lines. Yeah. Yeah. When I say it out loud, it's like, well, no wonder that wasn't working for me. Right. Because if you told me that, if you told me, oh my gosh, my daughter's in this play, And she is Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, but the scarecrow keeps trying to be Dorothy. I'd be like, well, that's really dumb. That makes no sense. And of course, they're ruining the experience for everyone and the audience wants their money back, right? Like when you say it like that, it makes total sense why that's not so. Um, But I couldn't see it that way. And they tell me, okay, so first of all, what you've got to do is you got to quit playing God. And I have a friend who calls this, I love this. I have a friend who calls this QPG game, quit playing God and I can't make it sound as cool as they do, but I love it because you know, even I was talking with a fellow today. My partner has a friend that um I mean, I don't know that they're attracted to this friend, but I'm attracted to this friend that this new friend that they have. And I'm like, I mean, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be. And I was really not happy that they went out on what to me looked like I was like, this is a dinner with a friend one-on-one that is very cute. And single, I don't really like that, right? And I had a call with a fellow this morning, you know, realizing that I needed to do an additional 10-step work on that. And I said, I was like, yeah. They were like, well, you don't even know that this person is trying to get with your partner. You don't even know if they think they're attractive. You don't even know. And I said, you know what? You're so right. Like, thank you for that feedback. You're so right. But also, even if all of that is true, I can't do anything about it. I can't do anything about it. Right. Like, I mean, I, I don't, you know, just for clarification, I don't think that's what's happening. I think I was just being crazy, but um, it's just like, so what if Five they, minutes. Wanna, thank you. So what if they prefer that person? Cause they might share a culture and we don't, you know, and me and my partner don't, it's like, uh, okay, what am I going to do about that? Am I going to change my whole origin story? No, like that's not going to happen. And to me, that's just a, I mean, that's a small example of, how I try to surrender and get that reminder of, Ooh, quit playing God. We do not do this. Quit trying to control, quit trying to be the end all and be all right. So whatever your higher power is that can fit. Um, okay. I want to say two more things. Okay. The first I'm going to go quickly since we have five minutes, but the first is at the bottom of page 62. You'll see there are all these capital letter relationships, and I've heard people talk about this before. So I really encourage people to assign your higher power a relationship for what you want them to do for you. For me, my higher power, I view them as a guide. And whenever I am like trying to do something in like, yeah, higher power, I'll check in with you later about that. It's because I forget that they're the guide and I'm the person being guided, Um, for me, you know, I said that I view them in nature. So for me, I think about like, I love hiking. And I think about um, going out on this hike, like in the jungle or like in the wilderness where I know where nothing is, but I've hired this person to guide me. I've, I've chosen them and said, I don't know where I am. I know you do. Can you lead me through this? That's all it is. That's all it is. And this person, this person, this guide is, is within me. It's my compass. It's my internal compass. To give direction. Um, so that's my, you know, capital letter relationship that I wanted to share. Because um, if if people are like, yeah, higher power, but having trouble making that work, see if you can choose a relationship and that works better than than a word. Um, but then right before they talk about this, the third step prayer on top of sixty three the end of that paragraph, first paragraph, they say once we do this as, and talk about going forward with the steps, as we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or hereafter. Okay. So what I want to share about this, and I probably shouldn't have waited until the end, because this was like my, the main metaphor that I thought that I said I was going to talk about. So (laughs) Um, again, it's a little bit gross, but for me, What's my problem? I'm powerless, right? I don't have power. That's step 1. Okay. Step 2 to me is where am I going to get this power? Right? Like we don't even have to say God. It's just like where am I going to get the if I don't have power where am I going to get the power? Because the change that I showed you through those slides in my story there is power in that. It's just not Victoria's. Like it just doesn't belong to me outside of a connection with the higher power. So what I envision is a pipe that's clogged, right? Okay. And this is where it gets a little gross, but like step one, whatever is supposed to be flowing through here is not, (laughs) right? And stuff is starting to stink. Stuff is starting to stink. Then the next part is step two. Okay. I need the power to flow through this pipe. I need this pipe to be unclogged, right? I believe that if this pipe were to be unclogged, perhaps I might be able to access this power. That's it. Um, Okay, step three for me is I am deciding that this pipe needs to be unclogged, which to me then leads us to steps four through nine, which is the, into the, really the rigorous course of action that is n- not always fun, but very powerful of putting on our waders, getting the shovel, getting whatever we need to remain clean, our hazmat suit, whatever we need, getting down in the trenches, unclogging that pipe, I know the visual is not great, but it's really, I mean, it really fits for my, for my experience. Um, so we get that pipe clear, but they tell us as soon as we decide we're going to clear out the pipe, there's a little bit that comes through, which is kind of cool, right? It's like, I wish other pipes worked like that. Like if you were like, oh, I just need a little bit of my sink to be unclogged and I'm, I'm deciding that I will fix it tomorrow. <laughs> um, but this is so cool because it does work like that. As soon as we make that contact where we approach and say, all right, I'm, I'm going to do this a little bit becomes unclogged. And then we, as we go through four through nine, more of it becomes unclogged. And then 10 through 11 allow us to perform maintenance. Because if we unclog the pipe and then it goes right back to being clogged, we're just gonna have to keep doing this over and over again. And a lot of stuff is gonna stink a lot of the time. But what we need to do, what I need to do, is I need to make sure that I'm checking the pipe and going, oh, there's some buildup here, let's maintain. Let's maintain and make sure power can flow through. And um, I don't, I was gonna have some summary statement but I don't think I have one, I think I'm out of time. So I'm just gonna leave it there. I'd love to hear what other people have to share, um, particularly on how this relates to your powerlessness and your decision to move forward. Um, Thanks everybody for letting me share tonight.
0: Thank you, Victoria. Okay, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or press star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. With the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announcement time is up?
1: Amy B. Oh, you're muted, babe.
2: Thank you so much. I thought I clicked the button. Clearly I did not click the button. Um, Amy B, compulsive overeater, living in a recovered state today. Thank you, Erin. Thank you, Steph. And thank you so much, Victoria, for your service tonight. I, QPG, And I cannot change my origin story. I love that. Thank you so much because really, okay, powerlessness. Powerlessness and having no power means that I live my life in stuff that's not real. I'm living in a reality that's not real. I'm living in an RPG and I have to stop and switch it to a qpg and i love that thank you and i cannot change my origin story is just so we cannot we cannot undo what is i also I, i loved how you talked about you know we don't know what things are true and even if they are it's it's out of our control. We cannot make things which are be not. And I, my my step three decision that I keep making over and over again is because I've recognized and I've realized that like the surrender and the the getting my muck out of the pipe means that everything that happens is for my growth and for my catharsis and towards, you know, divine balance. And um, I love your spiritual compass. I'm so grateful for your presence in this meeting. I'm so grateful for your service. I'm so grateful for your work on the young people's virtual intergroup and that retreat. And I'm saying that out loud um, so that people listening to the recording will go look for it. And um, thank you so much for your service, I pass.
0: Thank you, Amy. Next up is Nancy.
3: Hey everyone, Nancy C. Recovered compulsive eater, anorexic, bulimic, um, in Indiana. So grateful to be here, Victoria. Thank you, um, Amy. Told me earlier that you were speaking, and I'm like, oh, I love Victoria. <laughs> I, love, I love, what you share, and uh, and enjoyed talking with you. Um, yeah. Step three. You know, I, 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 I was never like an overt control freak. like you use that example of being in Starbucks and wanting to you know get in there when two people were fighting. It's like um, I was sort of the one that ran away and hid from things like that. Um, I didn't I didn't want to control my life, but I wanted you to control my life. I wanted everyone else to take care of me, to fix me, to um, make my life easier. And that definitely had an impact on relationships and particularly a, a marriage um, that it made it very difficult because I made people responsible. And then when you didn't live up to my expectations then I could blame you for um, screwing up my life. And even coming into this program, um, so my higher power was everyone else. You know, I was always looking to people or, or programs. Like I tried a zillion different things um, Outside of OA to fix me, and and everything failed me. Um, so when I came back into OA, you know, I was sort, of, I was pretty much at that point where I I didn't know what to do. I just literally did not know what to do. And and so what did I do? I made my my sponsor, my higher power, and it took really getting into a kind of a huge conflict with her. Bless her heart for going through it with me. Um, for me to realize that I had done it yet again, I had put her in the position of God, and I'd made her God, and that's when the, that's when it turned around for me. That's when I realized that um, that I had to place my um, my faith and my trust in a higher power, something I couldn't see, uh, something that I really didn't feel like I knew very well. Um, but that was really a big turning point for me in my recovery when I, I finally realized that it was, it was God. It was a higher power outside of me. It wasn't a person. And, um, and then I got it, you know? And then it, it was like, that's, that was like the breakthrough with the pipe that you were talking about, was that, that um, because I decided at that point to turn my will and my life over to God and to not to people any longer. And that's when I began to feel that that stuff breaking up and working through the rest of the steps certainly cleared that pipe. And I think it, you know, for today, um, I feel even more, not desperate, but more, um, I don't know what else word to use, but I have to work my program on a daily basis because I know what's out there. I know what my, my alternatives are and I don't want to go back to that so, Gentle um, reminder. Thank you. So I'm just really grateful to be here. And thank you so much for your, for your share. And with that, I'll pass.
4: Thank you, Nancy. Next up, we have Nancy P. Hi, uh, Nancy P. here in Western Massachusetts. Um, so glad I followed a Nancy. Maybe the other Nancy will do, go after me. Anyways, um, I love, I love these steps. I mean, I, and I have to say that for me, you know, um, nothing happened in real time. I didn't read the doctor's opinion and say, Hallelujah, you know, my life is unmanageable or whatever. I'm powerless over food and my life is unmanageable. I didn't read We Agnostics and say, Thank goodness. I, you know, it sort of all was boiling together on the stove. The only thing that I did that was hard, truly hard, was surrender everything else was chump change, everything. It was a little uncomfortable here and there. You know, people talk about the fourth step like it's a baby that has to be birthed. No, oh, I was shaking in my boots, but um, I've had two babies and the fourth step was also chump change. And um, And I think that, you know, I don't care how it works, similar to your metaphor. Like if my GPS and my car doesn't work, I don't rip open my dashboard and say, oh my God, I've got to get my welding thing or whatever people would use to fix it. I either tell my husband or call the dealership. Like that is, I mean, it may be sexist, but you know, that's like below my radar. And you know, these principles, I mean, this is only one of many of 12 about um, making a decision to turn my will in my life, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm out and proud. I'm very agnostic and I don't care. I don't worry about anything. I don't worry about, you know, who do I surrender to? What do I care as long as it works, right? I don't care. And, and the fewer even parameters that I have, the better for me. I don't want to pay any, anytime I try to say, You know, people ask me all the time, well, what do you surrender? I've sponsored two Orthodox Jews and I talk with um, regularity to a fundamentalist Christian and they're obsessed with who I surrender to or what I surrender to. And my answer is the same, what do I care? It works and I'm not gonna fix it. That's not to say that I don't reach, I'm not gonna throw my back out, you know, like it works for me and it's best, you know, it says it was good to know that we could begin at a simpler level and I say, or continue at a simpler level. Like, why do I need to get anything more complicated? I don't, it works for me. I'm beautifully serene or, you know, I think, you know, not beautiful, but I mean, I'm perfectly serene. I still have all the feelings that we all have. I don't make the mistake of thinking, of thinking, la, 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 la. I'm never gonna feel afraid anymore. Because what it says is if I'm in fifth spiritual condition, I will react sanely and normally. So if I get in a car accident, it's completely sane and normal to be afraid right? If I, you know, if I like, I don't know, I don't know what else it could be if I killed somebody. Like, I'm not afraid of losing money. I'm not afraid of, I'm not really afraid of much anymore. But when I become afraid, I coexist with it. It no longer dictates what I say or do. None of my feelings do. Happiness, sadness, anger, grief. I do what I need to do every day. And somebody called me, I'm going to close with this. Somebody called me yesterday and said, oh, I don't know, whatever. I said, how are you doing? And she called me and she said, well, I, you know, I don't, I'm not, do- whatever, she doesn't feel very good. And I said, well, are you doing this, 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 and this? And she said, no. And I said, well, then why are you surprised at how you feel? I'm not surprised at how you feel. You know, like that's how you would feel. And because I do this work every day, I'm not, my feelings don't own me. They sort of coexist with me and I, they don't dictate what I do or say or anything. And um, you know, I'm happy, joyous, and free, and agnostic, very agnostic. So, um, yeah, this book says, yeah, thanks, Amy. This book tells me that I can do all of that and still be a, you know, a, um, a working member of Overeaters Anonymous. With that, will pass. Thank you for letting me share.
3: Thank you, Nancy. Next up is Christine
5: M. What a great share, Victoria. Uh, can you hear me okay? Good, thank you. Um,
1: I'm sitting in my car tonight,
5: and uh, when I was listening to you talk about you and your mom in North Carolina, it made me laugh because um, that's something that would be uh, something me and my mom would also do. We were saying how we should take all the tolls out of New Jersey and all the signs, um, but um, I know that I, I, I'm going for surgery tomorrow, and it's pretty scary um you know and originally they thought i have cancer in my neck and now like they took a biopsy and it looks okay but they got to take it out and I'm I'm so upset with my family I'm so mad because I haven't heard from them at all like I only have my brother sister and niece and nephew but i received so much love and outreach and here's me trying to control my family and being angry and being resentful and the thing is that um as one of our, our fellows just said, like I can't control everything, and maybe they had a bad day, or maybe they're gonna call me in the morning. Who knows? And I go back to step one, two, and three because I think everybody should do things the way I want it, and the world should work the way I need it to. But now that I'm working in the steps and having this program, I had the most beautiful outreach today, and. Now today I'll say I'm looking at the positive, like that, those negative thoughts, I'm allowed to feel that, but it's not bringing me into food now. Like I'm, I'm able to deflect and write it in a journal, put it in my God box and see um, how other people are doing to get out of my own head. And it's really um, starting to transform my life. And I love this fellowship. I love to be in this meeting because there is a lot of love here and, you know, um, one day at a time, but, you know, really having the steps written all over my walls and these notes on my refrigerator to bring my head back to my higher power, because this is, um, transforming who I am as a person. Um, I see what my character defects are, and I'm, I'm, I have, um, this program now and I just focus on the 24 hours and the positivity and I'm no longer um you know um binging and binging for a week straight I have a program so anyway Victoria I really um the couple of things that you said that just made me laugh throughout it and um your strength and your recovery um is uh, something that I really appreciate listening to tonight. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Christine. Next, we have Stephanie.
5: And actually, it's time
0: to stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would you please air and stop the recording? And then.